You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Today's episode of the After Chat is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's the real deal, and it's the stuff that works. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity, let's say, arises. Now, this isn't just for guys with dysfunction. It's for any guy who wants extra function and to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So, no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment absolutely free when you use the special promo code BILL. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BILL, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. I can't smile without you. I can't. Oh, you heard me humming the song I love to do at karaoke, and if you are StarCast 1... You saw me or heard me do my Barry Manilow Can't Smile Without You. This is Bill After, and I can't smile without you here on the After Chat. Thank you again for uh, being here. And again, I always call it the pod waves because what I like to do on the After Chat is make this more like a, uh, a an old school radio show almost because uh, that's where my roots are from. But instead of on the radio waves, we are on what I call the pod waves. So lots to talk about, and I want to thank uh, everyone for sending in lots of questions. And uh, we have some. We have a great uh, thirty minutes with uh, Ricky Morton, where I got him to talk about. You know, a lot of people say that uh, the Young Bucks are the current incarnation of the Rock and Roll Express. We talked about that and a lot more. But let's uh, let's go over a couple of uh, things that happened this week. Kurt Angle's retirement. I want to address that. And I liked his match on uh, on Monday Night Raw against Chad Gable. Uh, that was the kind of match you would have seen years ago in uh, one of the NWA territories and Jim Crockett promotions or AWA. And several people who were there told me live told me that the fans really liked it at the beginning uh and then they turned against it i guess it wasn't sports entertainment e enough but anyway uh the match that he had against chad gable uh you can tell it's time for kurt to hang up the boots and he is going to do that but what everybody's talking about is his retirement match at WrestleMania. He has announced, he has picked one guy out of a zillion people he could have picked in the dressing room to put on a great match against. 
He has picked, in parentheses here, in brackets by writer's choice, Baron Corbin. Now, I don't know about you. I have no problem with Baron Corbin being in the role that he's in. I do have a problem, though, about Kurt Angle's last match in his whole storied career being against that character of Baron Corbin. I was waiting. I was truthfully waiting for Kurt Angle to say, I have challenged and he has accepted John Cena. Somebody, I mean, you know, Cena's from the beginning there, from from uh, Cena's first match way back when against Kurt Angle. It just would have been so great to see this again. Or, <clears throat> or someone in the dressing room that had what we used to call a scientific wrestling background. AJ Styles would have been terrific. I would have loved to have seen that. So I'm hoping that this is some sort of a swerve and that we're going to be treated to a match of Kurt Angle against some sort of wrestler who can really give Kurt Angle a great competitive last match. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, I just think about this. Maybe they will bring his storyline son, Jason Jordan, back for his final match. Wouldn't that be great? The storyline son and he having a match, the storyline son defeats the father in his last match. They hug. Kurt Angle puts Jason Jordan back his arm up, he puts him over rather, not back, he puts him over, and shazam, there's, yeah, you know, that would make perfect sense to me, it really would. All right, let's go to the next part of things to talk about this week. I wouldn't want to be Charlotte Flair at this point. The fans do not want Charlotte Flair involved in the Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch loop here. And they're very, very, very vocal about it. Charlotte Flair is, of course, the daughter of a legend, but she's proven herself to be an excellent professional wrestler. And I hate to see her treated like this. I really do like it, a third party. So whether or not they're going to somehow change this match into just Becky against Ronda, I don't know. But don't treat Charlotte Flair so badly. She doesn't deserve it. If it's a three-way, it'll be a very competitive match. I know what you want. I know what you want. You just want Becky against Ronda, but come on, give Charlotte a break. Congratulations, Kofi Kingston. You put on an amazing, an amazing performance in the uh, gauntlet match. So you are going to WrestleMania at this point against Daniel Bryan at this point. Could that change next week on SmackDown? The old cliche, only time will tell. Shane McMahon has turned into such a great bad guy. He really has. I mean, he's been a bad guy before, but I've decided when I was watching SmackDown this week and uh, he came out and talked and then The Miz came out and gave his sob story about his dad and everything. And I decided now 
that what Shane McMahon has done so, so bad that we should change his first name now and call him Shane McMahon. Okay, so when you if you're at the at the matches and you're at a Shane McMahon match, just start chanting shame, shame, shame. Wasn't that who did that back in the sixties or seventies? That there was a TV show called Gomer Pyle. That's right, and he didn't say shame. Yes, he did. When somebody did something wrong, he would go shame, shame, shame. So that's where we're going with. Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon. I've gotten a great reaction to a nice reaction to running a lot of my old classic audio tapes, audio interviews. And I've got another great one this week. And uh, you people, probably a lot of you have heard of uh, the late, great Bobby Shane. He was unfortunately killed in a plane crash. And he was the uh, really the original king of wrestling. And he had a valet, Miss Sherry, who was a great showman. And he became a good friend of mine. We used him in the magazines way back in the 70s uh, in the wrestler and inside wrestling pretty regularly. And he was actually the first wrestler's death I ever heard about. That's someone that I knew. Um, I remember when the, the plane that he was in uh, crashed into Tampa Bay. Gary Hart was on that plane. Austin Idol was on that plane. Buddy Colt was on that plane. Uh, I remember uh, calling Gordon Soley for the great broadcaster, Gordon Soley, who had confirmed it uh, to me. And uh, yeah, so right now I'd like to go back to uh, one of the first times that I interviewed, actually the first time I ever interviewed Bobby Shane, and this was in Boston, Massachusetts, when he was there for a special appearance at a WWWF show. Okay, this is Bill After. We're in Boston, and we're speaking here with very versatile Bobby Shane. How are you, Bobby? I don't feel very versatile today. We're just looking through one of your magazines, one of these little paper items you have. What, there's something together. bothering you about it? No, I was just reading the, a view, a woman's view of Bobby Shane. Uh, a beautiful comet comes streaking across the sky. Do you feel that describes you aptly enough? Well, it, it does a bit. I, I like some of the photos of myself. There, it's uh, It's nice to be in print and have yourself. Bobby, can I ask you... It's nice to be a star, but... Are you in love with yourself? Well, let's say that you like yourself. If you if you don't like yourself, how can you hope for others to like you? Well, it seems to come across more that you more than like yourself. You sort of admire yourself. Well, certainly. Many people admire me. You know, I'm not the one who calls myself the king of wrestling, but who am I to argue with all those thousands or possibly millions of wrestling fans who do call me the king of wrestling. Does Bobby Shane have many wrestling fans? Of course. Probably the, well, the quote your own magazine. Probably the greatest wrestler to ever wrestle in the state of Florida, Georgia, Carolinas, Alabama. It's just a pity that there's not two of me where I can go 
through all the United States and Russell in each and every arena every night of the week, but there's only one Bobby Shane, so I must be quite choosy and uh, just ration myself out across the country whenever I possibly can. Okay, now, Bobby, a lot of people have written to us and they've asked questions. You had a very beautiful young lady with you by the name of Miss Sherry, who uh, you fired at one time, hired her again, and now she's now with you again. Are you planning to rehire her? What happened? Well, I don't think so. Like, uh, I'm just talking about the article that you have in the April issue of Inside Wrestling. Miss Sherry was fired. She was my trusted valet. At one time I hired her, she was just a tall, skinny, red-headed young girl who I met while driving through Canada one day. And uh, her job was taking care of them. You know, I wear an awful lot of beautiful jackets and robes and taking care of them and uh, arranging my airline tickets and keeping my my home, which I have a four-bedroom home, right uh, off the ocean in Florida, keeping care of that or apartment, whatever I happen to be at the moment. You know, the typical things that a man expects a woman to do. So after hiring her, and she no longer was just a ordinary girl, she started seeing her picture in magazines, on billboards, on TV. People started noticing her. She was no longer just another skinny girl or another girl with long hair. She was a celebrity. People were giving her gifts, wanting to take her out, buying her things. From what you made of her, you're talking about? Of course. No woman makes it on her own. All women are made by a man somewhere in their life. There's not one woman around anywhere who has ever done a thing on her own stature. It was always a man who backed her up, who gave her that little initiative or the push or the backing or the inspiration or whatever she needed. Maybe a kick in the rear end, if that's what it was. But Well, from what you were saying, was there more, more than just a business relationship between the two of you? Well, not at first, but after a while I started enjoying having someone around who, who did all of this, and she did a very, very good job. And so I married her out of the kindness and goodness of my heart. You married Miss Sherry? Yes. And, you know, it was probably uh, the greatest honor, the biggest thing I've ever in her life, you know, a big, uh, well, what can I say? I'm, I consider myself, and so do many other people, who rightfully, I can see why, is the, the biggest superstar in wrestling today. And Miss Sherry's only drawback was, like I say, she went for the, you know, the women's liberation. This was only after she had clothes, cars, dogs, and money. Then she started getting the big women's liberation, the big holier-than-thou attitude that a woman has every equal rights a man does. Can you imagine that, a woman thinking she has as many rights as a man? And, you know, this type of young generation thing where the women's lib is happening. But what she failed to remember is that Bobby Shane, to quote your magazine once more, the beautiful comet streaking across the sky, the sky of wrestling, was the man, for all you women out there who will listen to this, man, M-A-N, who put her there. It was not 
her a woman who put herself there. She was nothing without the king of wrestling. <laughs> she got to believe, I guess, that she was the queen of wrestling. Well, what eventually <laughs> happened? Uh, well, there's only room at the top for one. And if ever there's no room for Bobby Shane, it will not be filled by a woman by any means. And so I just had to get rid of the, you know, what, what can I say? Uh, just like I just had to have her take three giant steps backwards out of my, out of my life and she fell right off the comet into the sky and she's out there floating around the sky somewhere. Where you left her, in other words, exactly is uh, before she met Bobby Shane? That's right, because when she found out and she was left, that that woman's liberation and young generation, she couldn't eat that, or there was nobody around to take care of that big convertible, or there was nobody around to keep the upkeep on that big summer cottage, or nobody around to get that poodle clipped and fed. I just wonder, <laughs> Miss Sherry and all those other poor women out there floating in that sky just realize where would they be without a man? All right, now let me ask you this. You put an ad in many newspapers and programs in Florida uh, advertising for someone to take Sherry's place. Are you still looking for someone, or do you, or do you uh, want to just keep Bobby Shane in the spotlight? Well, actually, come to think of it, you probably have one of the biggest syndicated wrestling magazines in the country. Why don't you take that rag of yours? I mean, after all, uh, without my name... Well, you can't really call that a rag, but we've seen some of your, your ring attire, you know, which well, we could also... No, uh, no, no. You know, and I know, you're saying that in jest, that without my name on the cover of your magazine, you probably wouldn't sell any, but there's an awful lot of people, and I know you reach more wrestling fans than anybody else, so I'm not asking you this as a favor. I'm, I'm kind of authorizing this as the king of wrestling. Why don't you just put, or take one of those ads I've... I had in the, some of the Southern wrestling programs and put in your magazine and any young lady out there, I say young because I got quite a few photos and pictures. Lonely Widows? Lonely things. Widows with, uh, you know, I mean, I just, uh, let's face it, uh, uh, today after a woman's 28 or so, uh, she, she's gone, you know, with this. Uh, all the push-button things in a the home, uh, they just kind of sit around and they kind of start protruding in the wrong places. But the thing is, I had so many women write in, and I have some photos. I'll show them to you, but why don't all those girls out there send in a photo that we can use in your magazine? Maybe several shots of themselves. We'll pick out a good one to use in your magazine. It you, Bobby Shane, will pick a girl that might be able to become your valet? Well, of course, they have to come up to a few standards and qualifications. For I example? Well, I just don't want any skinny-looking uh, girl or anyone without uh, intelligence. I don't want someone that goes around, uh, uh, you know, uh, who would not present the image that I have of... You're uh, looking for royalty. Of course, I'm looking for someone who has enough uh, faith in themselves, so to speak, that, that feel that they could do it. And I just wonder if there's any women. This is kind of like a challenge, an open challenge from Bobby Shane, the King of Wrestling. If there's any women out there 
think that they have enough of what it takes to hold down such a position. Uh, like I say, I need someone to uh, take care of my clothes, handle my plane reservations, and occasionally, uh, I'm not uh, much for being in my home or apartments, but uh, someone who can cook a bit and maybe type a couple letters while, while I while I'm on the road, you know, maybe answer the phone and have enough brains to say hello and that mm -hmm. Mr. Shane is in Philadelphia this evening or, or no, uh, uh, Mr. Shane can't make that appointment or smart enough to call the airlines and say I need a reservation for Mr. Shane and myself, whoever it may be, to uh, Chicago on Thursday. So let's just see if any of those girls out there have enough initiative where they can sit down with a little camera and a pencil pencil and piece of paper and write and let's see what happens okay fine Bobby uh, we want to thank you for joining us and uh, before we do leave you've been having uh, a big feud going on with Jack Briscoe for quite a while what is your opinion of that man well besides being on an ego trip <laughs> the culture magazine once again I love quoting your magazine we've I've, noticed I, I read every issue the, the ones that I'm in uh, he's on such an ego trip that uh, while on my beautiful comet the other day streaking across the sky, I almost ran into him. Now, Mr. Briscoe, I know you'll, you'll read any publication with a story on the King of Wrestling in because actually Jack Briscoe tries to pattern himself after me. And you Jack know, Briscoe idolizes you? Oh, certainly, certainly he does. And you know, uh, imitation is the greatest form right you know what I'm flattery you know what I'm yes, yes. and you're trying to say that you are very flattered yes you know most wrestlers become very boisterous and scream and holler but that's that's ridiculous because the thing is a wrestler should keep his cool and think to me that squared circle is like a big chess table and I do all my moves and save all my yelling for in that squared circle on that chessboard now, Mr. Briscoe, you know, it was just three weeks ago from today that I beat Jack Briscoe for the Florida State Heavyweight Wrestling title in Tampa, Florida. Do you still hold a belt? Well, I'd rather not talk about that at the moment. Okay, fine. But how many people can say, I beat Jackie Briscoe? I knocked him right off his ego trip, and it's going to be a long, long time before he gets back on it. But I know, I, I have all the confidence in the world in Jackie that his big head will get right back on his trip again. But the king will always be there to knock him right off of it. Okay, Bill Apter with Bobby Shane at Boston. Oh, what an incredibly talented pro wrestler and what an incredibly horribly, uh, horrible loss to the, uh, to the pro wrestling industry. Bobby Shane uh, gone, but as the cliche goes, never to be forgotten. Okay, so a lot of you sent in questions for the, Bill, I guess the Ask Aptor segment here of, uh, of the Aptor Chat podcast. And what I'd like to do right now is address some of those. And if you do have a question um, to ask me for this show you can email me at bapter at onewrestling.com or hit me up at 
Twitter at After One Wrestling. Okay, Dave Experience says, by chance, did you know the Canadian wild man, Dave McKigney? He put on great shows in October. In Ontario. I met Dave uh, maybe once or twice. I didn't really know him very well, but when I see you calling him the Canadian wild man, I knew the Canadian wolf man really well, Willie Farkas. He was one of the sweetest people I ever met, but in the ring, he was a maniac. All right. So thank you, Dave, for asking. Uh, WWF since 1986. Uh, give me your memories of the New Haven Coliseum. Uh, the Fink was an usher there and did ring announcing uh, in emergencies. I loved that building. So the New Haven Coliseum was a building that I didn't visit a lot, but it was a great building. And one of the things, and you mentioned the Fink, was that the uh, Pedro Martinez's IWA, International Wrestling Association or Alliance, had run a show there uh, with Mil Mascaris against uh, Angelo Mosca in the main event. And I took the train up there, and I couldn't get a ride to the building. So even though Howard Finkel, the Fink, was working for WWWF at that time, um, I called him, and he picked me up and took me to the building. Uh, Howard and I had uh, had dinner that night. But, yeah, the New Haven Coliseum was a... Uh, uh, to me, the times that I went to Connecticut, just a wonderful building to shoot pictures in. And the security staff there was always really great to me, so I appreciate it. Our friends at Chair Shots to the Cranium. The independent wrestling scene seems hotter than it's been in years. Thoughts on where indie wrestling stands now compared to 20, 30 years ago? And could we see the territories emerging again? Uh, I think all the indies that are around right now. Uh, by the way, this is Stephen Goforth, the um, uh, the genius behind Chair Shots to the Cranium. Uh, I think the indies right now have become what the territories are. I really do. Even though they're not governed by a certain group like the National Wrestling Alliance, uh, but compared to 20 or 30 years ago, 20 to 30 years ago, they were under various banners, under different companies. So, uh, I don't know if the territories are going to merge again. I think as long as there's indies, we can look at those as those are the territories. All right, John Fell, who I answered a question for last week on his birthday. Happy birthday. What was your favorite A arena to shoot in? That's easy. That's Madison Square Garden. Although the Tokyo Dome was really a close second. B, favorite wrestler to photograph that was, um, there's tons of them, but I'm pressured right now for an answer, so that's going to be um, uh, Mil Mascaris. And C, your favorite event to shoot photos for uh, every wrestling event was my favorite. I There was never a show that I went to to say, oh, I don't like shooting in here. There were little barns I was in in uh, Alabama and Georgia and I loved shooting there as well. All right, the Rock and Wrestling Podcast. This is a tough question because it changes every day. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling? So today it's Bruno San Martino, Mil Mascaris, the Mercandrine Dusted Rhodes, Hulk Hogan, 
and the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Okay, that's today as I'm taping this on 3-20-2019. Rod Regis, I love that name. Since it's WrestleMania season, what match would you have loved to photograph at the current WrestleMania? Um, if it is indeed Kofi against Daniel Bryan and they said you could only shoot one match, that would be it. I want to be there when he wins the title. Stewie John Palmer, my friend, what were your thoughts when Bret Hart left for WCW? Why do you think WCW didn't uh, correlate for him like his WWE run did? Well, he was not in the same physical condition at that point. Um, when Bret left, w, uh, left for WCW um, after the Montreal Screwjob, it was quite a shock because WWF was the home for Bret Hart. So my thoughts are it was shocking and it's unfortunate that we never got to see the Bret Hart that we saw in WWF in WCW. Perry Twisdale, a regular. Thank you, Perry. Um, Scott Teal just posted that Roger Kirby passed away. Thoughts? Uh, I didn't know Roger all that well. Uh, Roger was a, uh, a, a heel, a bad guy, and uh, uh, a baby face, a good guy in a lot of territories as well. And I met him once or twice, very soft-spoken, sweet guy, great mustache. So, uh, unfortunately, another loss to the pro wrestling industry. I definitely, definitely, uh, so many people we've lost just in the last few months. I just, it's become a regular occurrence, and I absolutely hate it. Absolutely hate it. Um Okay, so this week, I'm going to start a new feature if I can get this done every week, depending if I can get the guests, 30 minutes with, and this week it's 30 minutes with Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton, yeah. Not the guy from the Steakhouse, not the guy from Morton's Salt, but from the Rock and Roll Express. And I approached him about doing this interview because I wanted to find out his feelings about the Young Bucks. And we talked about it, but we talked about a lot more than just the Young Bucks. Ricky likes to talk. So do I. So let's go right now to 30 minutes with an after chat. Bill Apta is the interviewer, if you will, and Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton, who, by the way, says he has one more damn good match in him. And right now, one of the people who, beside being someone who I've always been on the road with and the business with, uh, he's he's been a personal friend for years as well. He is, along with Robert Gibson, a member of the very elite WWE Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton. Welcome back to the After Chat. Uh, Bill, thank you very much, buddy. Uh, Really appreciate being on your uh, show today, and and thank you for everything. You know, at the WWE Hall of Fame, I mentioned, I mentioned when we were talking, I mentioned to say this. You know, we didn't have social media uh, back in our days, and thank God we didn't. Uh, I had Bill after. I had Bill after. <laughs> thank you for all the great stories you wrote about Robert and I and kept us in the mind. You know, it was no territory that didn't know us because of the wrestling uh, 
magazines and articles you wrote about Robert Knight. I want to appreciate it. Tell you, well, thank, I thank I, you and appreciate that very much. I appreciate that. And I always tell people that I was the face of the magazines, but we had, uh, you know, I worked for the company. We had writers, photographers, artists. They all shared in helping everybody's uh, careers. But we always knew, you know, there were certain guys who you uh, you put on the covers? There were guys that why can't I get on the cover of the magazine? And I couldn't back then say because the business of the publisher was to sell magazines. You only put people on the cover who were going to sell. And the Rock and Roll Express were uh, pretty regular uh, characters on the covers. You know, I, at one time I, I knew how many times my face was on the covers. But since then, I forgot. It was a lot of times. I know it was up 40 or 50 covers that Robert and I was on the front yeah, of. Yeah, you, you were. You were. And I always, you know, every time you and I talk, I always remember the uh, the great Rock and Roll Express dream date where uh, we took you to see Cats on Broadway with uh, two young ladies that won the contest through Jim Crockett Promotions. It sure was. And, you know, that was a, a different time, a different place. But gosh, you know, I, now I understand what my dad said. I, I wish I know, wish I knew then what I know now. Well, what's amazing? And, uh, what's amazing is that there's a connection now, and I'll tell you what that connection is. That was the first Broadway show you had ever seen, correct? Yes, it was. So now it turns out that your son has had aspirations for doing that type of performing, correct? Well, Bill, he has. Uh, not at the New York level, but here, uh, you know, he, he's wanting to be a professional wrestler, uh, and I put him into acting, which we get into a little bit about my school, but he got into acting, and Bill, he's, uh, I think for the part that it's really going to help him later on in his career, uh, first of all, it's that education, <laughs> but, uh. At our business, and you know what I'm talking about, singing and dancing and, you know, getting on stage, that's right down his alley. And, and, and I guess you knew my little, my son, that he used to go with me to the matches all the time, yep. dress up like me, go to the ring. Uh, he don't do that no more. <laughs> but uh, he's uh, he's doing very well, Bill. We're trying everything we can to get him into school. You know, he's still a junior in high school right now, but... Man, what a future he's got in this business if I just keep this mind motivated and, and and take care of our business as time goes on. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 in the blood. You know, one thing that I never... know, let me ask you, let me ask sure. you another question. Did you celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Uh, actually, I was uh, I was not at any parades or anything, me boy. So I kind of just yeah. celebrate, and I don't drink. So I had like okay. I had wait wait I had I had two extra bottles of my favorite drink called sparkling ice. I I mixed the orange mango uh -huh. with the strawberry lemonade and it was really weird. It wasn't really. You know, I, I just wanted to tell you this. You know, I'm a little English and I'm a little Irish, and I'm a fifth of Scotch. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I walked right into that. I walked right oh, into that. Oh, yes, you did. I walked right into Man, that. Man, you know what? I get older, Bill. And I just can't express to you how much that I still love the business. And, and you know, and I, I'm going to 
tell you right now about my wrestling school. Now, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. A couple of things. Wait a minute. You're talking about as, as you get older, and I'm older than you, and I we are we are uh, soul brothers that way because, as you know, yes. no matter how the business changes, we change with it. Yes, we do, and that's what I'm saying. You know, we always get another chance because tomorrow's another, a brand new day, and, and that's what I'm trying to say about my school of Morton is it's grown so big. We have been, you know, made it bigger twice. Uh, I want to tell all the fans out there to go on YouTube, uh, School of Morton, uh, uh, Facebook, and all this. We have a live TV show, like the old days, like a little territory here in Bristol. comes on every Saturday at 12 o'clock. Uh, if you're not in the Bristol area, which we go all over the world, you're listening to me, you're like, but you can pull it up on YouTube under School we're of Morton. We're talking about Bristol, Tennessee, not Bristol, Pennsylvania. Bristol, Tennessee. Okay. Hey, catch your tail with this accent I got. Can't you tell I'm from? I'm from up there. I know so where you're from. Kind of to... <laughs> but but there might be there might be some after chatters that don't know that. Yes, and another thing I wanted to say, Bill, and I'm doing this. I ran into a uh, a great guy, writer, uh, author. His name is Brian Booney, and he wrote the book A Race Against the Clock. But I'm sitting down, Bill, and I'm going to write my own book. Uh, it's going to come out. And it's, uh, I'm looking forward. It's going to be a great project for me. It's do, going to do you have a title? Do you have a title in mind already? Yes, I do. Already. Sex, Drugs, and the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that No, that's, that's, that's great. That's great. Yes, and uh, Bill, you know, some things I'm not proud of what I did, but a lot of things I did. But if I have it to do over, I wouldn't change a thing. Because if I changed one second, I wouldn't have my seven kids and my eight grandkids. Well, it was a different... And my beautiful wife. I know, so, about, uh, I know about her. But it was a different era back then because, you know, a lot of things that, as they said, the boys did back in those days. Now, uh, you know, everything's like WWE, public company and stuff. And, you know, back then there was no Internet. So whatever you did, other than a handful of people, it was buried. If it was Internet, I'd say about 95% of the business would have been in jail almost every night. Correct? <laughs> you are both crapping. I'm telling you, they're almost <laughs> flipped up here. But uh, no, you're not. Uh Actually, that's really funny the way you put that. <laughs> well, I, you know, Ricky, I, I always said that if there was Internet back in the days of uh, the Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis and, and those guys, yeah. they would have been in jail every night. Oh, same, same business. You know yeah. what? We're it's everything. We, we got, we're all entertainers. And uh, we, <laughs> all of us went down that same road. But you know what, Bill? It's just like I was getting to earlier, man. We... Uh, Robert and I, way up here in our age. But you know what? I'm 63 going on 22. Uh, I know the feeling. Well, 62, 62, really, but I'll be 63. But I feel good, Bill. I changed my life years ago. I'll gym every day. If I had somebody that could really work, and, and listen to me, it's hard to – you understand what I'm saying, but the people out on the radio that – that think of eight RB business. And I'm, excuse me, I'm not trying to be a, a smart butt by that. You know, if I had somebody that understands my business, oh, I go hire Broadway every night. It's easy. Yeah, uh, 
but it's hard to find because our business has changed so much and everybody think it's built off hot spots, hot spots, hot spots. You see, wait, wait. See, that's that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up because back in the prime days of the Rock and Roll Express, you guys were high flyers. And on a show, it was, hey, that's what these guys do. Leave it alone. That's their thing. Today, everybody does high spots in like every match. Unless they're a super heavyweight, everybody's doing high-risk maneuvers, not just in the indies, but in in, uh, Impact and Ring of Honor and WWE. Everybody's got high spots to do when that used to be a special thing on the card. Well, Bill, you you see, at a time, like you said, that I was a high flyer, but but I did something that made sense. Telling the story of of the match, and that's what we lost. So you were saying with that what we lost was the the storytelling aspect of pro wrestling. I, yeah, but but Bill, you know, in our day we didn't have contracts. The boys depended on each other to make a living. Uh, you know, we we went by the finishes. You know, our finish was, you know, people, and, and I'm not trying to skip around on you, but I'm trying to, you see, we were the world tag team champions, but I didn't want to be the tag team champion because the people paid their money to see us win and see the heels screw us every time. So we had to tell a story for a long time, you know, every night, virtually, uh, but, you know, we went to our town, our regular towns and off our TVs just telling the story, you know, and, and, and the hills, <laughs> fantastic workers. You know, people ask me about how was this guy? Everybody in our business, even the monkeys back in our day. The monkeys. They were, were yeah. great workers. Everybody was great. There was nobody that was bad. Everybody had a job. Uh, Robert and I was at the right place at the right time. Uh to be, you know, we were fortunate, you know, with Bill Watts. You know, Bill Watts, uh, he retired out of his territory, you know, and, and you know, he you know he was the big baby face. And, gosh, every hill there he had was seven foot tall, you know. He had that butcher as a baby face. Yeah. But, when, but when he did that, he brought Bill Dundee in as a booker. And see what Sabus was is he didn't want his booker to work. You see what I'm saying? I do. Well, to me, to me, the prime prime years, in my estimation, of the Uh, Rock and Roll Express was uh, the days in Jim Crockett promotions. Yes, but that's where we got, uh, you know, started back. That's what really got us big. And then we went to NWA, and you know the situation there. But I, I I love my business. What I'm getting back to is I love. Every day, and yeah, the things that yeah. I, that Robert and I have accomplished, and we still do, Bill. We still work hard. Now, there's one point in your career that I never asked you a question about. So now is the time, right here on the after chat. There was a point in time where you were taking single matches. You had uh, the matches against Flair. You had the Kevin Kevin Nash program. Uh, yeah. But it it was people were like. You know, geez, they split up the Rock and Roll Express. So back in the Crockett days, when you were against Flair, why was mm-hmm. why why did that happen? Why did the team split up for that period of time? Well, it, we really didn't split up. <laughs> you know, we were still together, but we still went on a. But Flair had to have somebody to work with, uh, 
I forgot what happened. Somebody got hurt or somebody quit. I forgot who was the baby. It was Magnum TA. They were building everything for Magnum. Oh, I remember. To work with Flair. And that's when Magnum had the car wreck. You see, and they done put months into this and into that. And Robert got hurt, and I was working in a single match, and Flair's feeding me. And Flair wanted to work with me. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, Bill, and you can talk to Rick, and I don't. I've said it several times. You know, I actually beat Flair for the World Heavyweight Championship uh, in Richmond, Virginia. But I gave the belt back to him because they called me in a room and he wanted to fire Robert. I don't know if you know this or not. No. Uh, no, it's serious. No, uh, no, I said I don't, I don't know about this. Yes. A lot of people don't. Rick Flair knows about it, you know, but, uh, and, and it's it, the part that we broke up. It's the part that, you know, uh, now that you're the heavyweight champion and Robert, can I, can, you know, I had a little heat with some people, Robert and I did. And they tried everything to kill us, and they couldn't. Uh, and then my thing with Flair got over so well that by breaking us up, and it, it's hard to go out on a limb on this, what I'm talking to you about. But but I, I turned it down. I said, no, I don't want the belt because I'm partners with Robert Gibson. I started this with him, and I'm going to stay with him. Uh, Mid-Flair busted our tails. Uh I got to see, you know, Rick called me yesterday, and uh, I was talking. But we went 17 days straight in a row, our Broadways. Yeah, I know. I, I photographed a lot of those Sundays. matches. Yeah, yeah, that, that was building up for the thing. Uh, but I, I, I learned so much. That's what, what really struck me. And the, you know, I, I learned a lot from Biz Condry and Bobby Eaton and then working with the four horsemen, things that we all learned together. But working with Flair, I uh, really figured, you know, a lot of what you said and you, you learn, especially at my wrestling school. And I teach guys, I said, think about this when you go home tonight. Because before I could teach you our business, you've got to understand our business. And that's what I did with Flair because I see I wrestled. You know, Philly was one of the worst hill towns in our whole business growing up. I mean, buddy, I mean, you you was a baby face. They didn't care. But I was wrestling Flair there, and we're going to Iowa, probably hollering at me, booing me. And 10 minutes of that match, Ric Flair had turned that whole crowd. And you see, that's a hard thing to do, especially to be Ric Flair, just by his working he turned the crowd. And, and i tell you how hot he got the crowd. They pushed the guardrails all the way up to the ring. Robert Gibson came down to the ring. And then Arn Anderson come down to the ring because the fans were getting in there. And, and, and this is Flair told me, he says, Richie, he threw me over the top rope. He said, man, you go over the top rope. He said, i got to get out of here. They're going to kill me. Now, you, this is the part of our business that nobody understands, Bill. Uh, you could be a baby face or you could be a heel. Jerry Lawler was great at this, you know, especially at Memphis. Uh, these are great, great, great workers. They're not just, and that's what our business is lacking today. 
is guys that's doing all these hot spots and stuff. You got to stop and understand what our business is and understand it. Does that make sense to you off of that? Yeah, no, no, it does. Like I said, too many people, it used to be one guy on a show did the figure four leg lock. Now it's three or four guys. Well, you know, people ask me too. Hey, Ricky Morton, do you still do the Hurricane Corona? Do you still dive out of the ring? I said, yeah, I still do it. But why should I? I done seen it 42 times a night. Right, and you you, uh, you guys were like were one of the originators of that style. Yes, and, 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 and I'll be on some of the shows uh, – would you watch my match? So I watched his match. I said, did you watch the match before you? And he got back. He says, no. I said, y'all need to. And everybody in there, I told the whole locker room this. You know, I says, uh, you need to watch the match before you because I just went out and watched your match and the match before you did everything that you did. Y'all did every spot. Yeah, yeah. I guess y'all seen on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and y'all put it all together in one match and y'all just did the same thing. Everybody on the show, uh, I like work. You know, at my school, I try to make a motion. And I like to tell you this, Bill. If you get a chance, look him up on my Facebook. And I like to tell a lot of the promoters out there. This guy's name's Luscious Lawrence. He does a Rick Rude gimmick. I take my time with it. He's a great worker. He's a, he's going to be a, a sensation in our business, Bill. Uh, but I have a few guys like that. Uh, I make them understand our business, what our business is about. Uh and, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm glad you're still doing this. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is the, the real rabid excitement about um, All Elite Wrestling, uh, the, 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 the buzz that's going on with them. And, of course, we're talking about uh, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega. And the reason I wanted to talk to you about this is that a lot of people – are always talk about the young bucks and I've seen them. They're fabulous. And people say, you know, they are the rock and roll express of today. So I don't know if you know them. I don't know if you've seen them, but, uh, have you? They're absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know what? And and they kind of make me mad because they do remind me of me. No, I'm just kidding, Bill. <laughs> These guys are great. Uh, if, if any of you guys go, I mean, if you look, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees out of Chicago, that may, they make a lot of the T-shirts, and they do all, Robertson. Thank you guys for doing this. I'm giving you a good plug here. But if you go on there, they have a picture. Of one of their T-shirts It's really great. It's Robert and I on the picture that it says the Young Bucks on it. It's when Robert and I were real young together. What a great compliment that is. And I think the Young Bucks put that T-shirt out. Uh, I'm just sorry that uh, that Robert and I couldn't have met them earlier. But, they're the, you know, it, if, if the people are just saying they're the Rock and Roll Express of today, what a great compliment that is to Robert and I. Uh, these guys are so good. Uh, I see them several occasions. I watch them at the Ring of Honor and... And you know what, Bill? And I'm going to go to their show, and because uh, I'm excited for them, I'm excited for this company. Uh, I don't work for them, but I'm going to be in Las Vegas for double or nothing. That, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah, I, I'm going to be in Las Vegas that week. Robert and I both are. And uh, actually, will you be I'm, at Starcast? Because I'll be there. Where I'm going, I yes, will be I, there. Well, I'm great. I'll see yes, you too. Sure but going back and to I the wanna, Young Bucks now. 
And yes, I'm going to the show to watch the watch the show and watch them perform. Uh, they're great. not only the Young Bucks are great, but this, you know, and I'm skipping back and forth here too. I want to see the whole show. I want to see what the crowd reaction. I want to see elicit. You know, I could just elicit to the crowd. But it's the way I work. I don't go over hot spots in a match. I can listen to the people as soon as I step out of the curtain to know, and it's it's what I want to do. I want to feel that feeling of all these young people at the show. But the Young Bucks, they're great. You know, and uh, you don't want Bill, and I'm not trying to plug myself, but I still got one good match in me. <laughs> you hear me? Uh, <laughs> the challenge has well. been issued right here on the after show. Yes, uh, yes, I would love All right, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, okay? Okay. So, All Rock right. and Roll Express in one corner in their prime against the current Young book, young Bucks. Okay, you're, uh-huh. uh, you're um, Gordon Soley. Call the finish. Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, 59 minutes to go. I mean, one minute to go, 59 <laughs> minutes gone. <laughs> How's that? Keep going. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 30 seconds left in the match. 20 seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. One hour draw. Oh yes, many times. Uh, oh no. Uh, nowadays, yeah, I'm a businessman, Bill. I'm not a prima donna. <laughs> you understand me? I'm a business. No, man. I do. I just want to know how that match would end. Oh well, you know, back then, with a bit, been a lot of our Broadways. Uh, but nowadays, you know, I'm a, who am I kidding? You know, I'm not, you know, I'm just fooling myself. But I have one good in me. I still love to wrestle these guys. I love to turn heel on them. But do, but turn heel the heel way, not the day's heel ways. Because me and Robert are a great heel tag team, too. You hear me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Besides being a great babyface tag team. So, so, but, uh, so Dusty Rhodes was such a big influence on. Your career, you worked for him, with him, did everything. And now Cody, um, and he doesn't like to be, you know, I'm doing this for Dusty, doing this for Dusty. But so much of that business sense, uh, the positive stuff that Dusty brought to the business, seems to be really uh, ingrained in Cody at this point. Well, I'm just going to say this, Bill. And it's like everything there is. What goes around comes back around. There's going to come a time that you're going to, and, and, and to me, I work on the independent shows. I work on, and, when, and don't get me wrong, we don't draw 10,000 people, but we can shoot an old angle from the old days without TV, without nothing, and come back and sell the place out. Again, I think it's the greatest thing in the world. Uh, it's, good that way listen to me there was no better teacher for cody than his dad you understand me sure he knows a bit buddy i mean he knows and i still know uh you know i we do shows don't get me wrong we don't uh at my school and i'll cross thing uh, we don't have the the corporate business we don't have the big networks but we still make a good living, Bill. I mean, we still do good. We still draw good crowds for the independent promotions. Uh, and, I, and I'm proud of what I do. 
But getting back to what I was saying a while ago, man, and I'm serious. I still have one good match in me. And I can still do the flying. I can still do the anything that you want to do. One more time. So I'm, I'm plugging myself. Yes, I'm not. I'm it's not all right. The marketing, marketing is it, always important here. <laughs> yes, and and that's what I like to do. And I and I really, you know, and I'm, I talk a lot about my wrestling school, the school of Morton. But you know, Robert lives down in Douglasville, Georgia. And if people down in that area, you know, he has a P. CW Wrestling, All Pro Championship Wrestling. You can find him uh, on Facebook, Robert Gibson, or All Pro Championship Wrestling. Uh, Bill, myself, people, if you're interested, listen to me. I'm on Instagram, the babyface, Ricky Morton, Stella Morton, and Ricky Morton on Facebook. And, uh, Got a lot of people I like to thank. You know, I'm going to be uh, coming up in Jersey for, uh, you know, for WrestleMania. I won't be at WrestleMania. But oh, Wrestle, you'll be at WrestleCon. We'll, I'll see you there, Yes, too. I sure will. Well, here's I, what I want to ask I'm, you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to be, be, I'm gonna be uh, uh, with Future Legends. I will see you uh, there. One of our sponsors. They're bringing us in, Robert and I. Looking very forward to being up there. Uh, you know, it's great. And uh, we were going to be wrestling, too. For uh, the the late show, gosh, Amani, I forgot the name of the wrestling bill. Help me out here. That's all right. Uh, fans can look this, uh, look up the whole WrestleCon schedule. Yeah, but don't, don't put it. Kind of cut this out if you can. Okay. No, this is an unedited but, interview. I'm not that experienced yeah. with Audacity here yet, so uh, okay. Just keep talking. But uh, yes, but we're going to be wrestling and. Uh, I'm gonna ask my son here. So you, you'll be you'll be in the New York area for. Uh, yeah, I'm for... gonna be in New Jersey. Uh, what were we wrestling for? Jersey Pro. What's the guy's name? What's the guy's name? This you can only hear this on the after okay. chat. Well, he's asleep. I don't cut anything <laughs> out. So, well, but we we will we will let everyone know where they can find you. Before I let you go, before I let you go, if you were just sitting back. And a fan of the business, which you are, and uh-huh. with the Rock and Roll Express being, uh, you, you watching it as a fan. Who are your personal favorite five tag teams of all time? Uh, uh, the fit, the the days that Robert and I started, or or now. When it, it could be anyone that you've seen in pro wrestling through history. Oh, gosh. Like right away, you know, if people ask me, I think of you guys, I think of the Road Warriors, you know, who are your... That's what I'm saying. Oh, I was thinking, you know, it went in my mind. I mean, I expressed the Road Warriors. You know, you had so many uh, different ones. But, you know, and I even think about ones that never even got a break, like the new breed. You remember the Uncrisp Champion? Of course. Yes, the guys that never got a break. All right, so Uh, that's three, two more. Uh... Well, I got a name off the Young Bucks as today. Yes, of course. They're absolutely phenomenal. And number five, and, uh, not in order. And the, the Revival. The Revival, yes. Now, the Revival, a lot of people uh, are talking about that they are, and when I look at them, too, they're that, they would have been in Jim Crockett promotions, they would have been right on the top, wouldn't they? Oh, yes, they would have. They, they Well, they've been on top on any promotion. 
But I'm saying back then that was that was the way wrestlers looked and worked. And and, and old school still works. No matter what nobody tells you, it still works. I, uh, you know, I know nowadays they're competing with a lot of different other things, and uh, they're changing the business. You know, you're not really a heel when you, you know, they try not to be the, but it works. When you have a good heel team that knows how to get heat and know how to keep heat and knows, and most of all know how to work, that's the ones that you want to in revivals right there at the top. Matter of fact, but right now they're the top. They've been the young bucks of the two top for me right now in in our day in the business. Ricky, I want to thank okay. you so very much for spending a half hour with us here. Uh, well, we don't thank you very much. And I'm so sorry I forgot. You know, I've wrestled, I wrestled still three or four nights away. I, I know you do. Up. I get names mixed up. I'm, I forget what uh, organization I'm wrestling for. That's and I, all right. And I apologize, guys, for all that. It's no apologies necessary, and we will look forward to seeing hey, you. I want to plug this out. I want to plug this out during the first, my hometown, Nashville, Tennessee. Right, the last show that's ever going to be that you know Nashville got a soccer team and they're tearing down everything at the fairgrounds. So should be a monument there for wrestling, but they're tearing everything down to build a soccer oh, that's, field. That's horrible. Yeah, for it's the last thing for us old school the people. First. Yeah, hardcore wrestling. Tommy Dreamer, House of Hardcore. We'll be there. I wanted to plug that. All right. Okay. No, I'm, gl- I'm glad you did. And look forward to seeing you at uh, WrestleCon and at uh, Yes, sir. And at I will be there Starcast. at WrestleCon. And I'll be wrestling that Saturday night. I know we, the show don't start at 12 o'clock that night, but I'm looking forward to being there. You, you still stay. You see, no matter how old you get, you still stay up late. Oh, yeah. Sir. <laughs> hey, and if the music's too loud... You're too damn old. No, if the music's <laughs> too loud, it ain't rock and roll to me. Ricky Morton, thank you. Thank you, Bill. Have a good night. What what a great guy. And as I mentioned, uh, Ricky Morton loves to talk. We were just going to do 10 minutes, and we wound up doing 30 minutes. And so that's going to be a new segment on the After Chat. Uh, each time we have the After Chat podcast, it's going to be the 30-minute interview. So... Before we go, if you have any questions you'd like me to answer on the after chat, you can email me at beaptor at onewrestling.com. That's the number one, not the word. You can tweet at me at after one wrestling. Again, it's the number one. Or you can send me a Facebook message or carry a pigeon or however you like. Don't forget, you can still uh, get my book, Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Yes, that's the correct answer. And in the very near future, I will be appearing with uh, my former co-host, Josh Chernoff, at WrestleCon. We'll also be at the uh, New England New England Wrestling Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Check that out on Facebook. I'm being inducted. I'm being inducted, and my dear friend J.J. Dillon, my dear friend J.J. Dillon, is going to be inducting me. I can't wait. That's going to be so great. StarCast 2, I will be a part of. Not sure exactly what I'm doing yet, but Wonderful Willie is booked there. And uh, also we'll have another announcement next week about another uh, convention that I will be hosting uh, in the South. Yeah. And uh, now when I'm saying in the South, 
I'm not talking about like South Queens, South Bronx, South Brooklyn. I'm talking about in the deep south somewhere. So uh, once again, thank you all, all you apt to chatters, for staying with me. And uh, I also appreciate you checking out me on OneWrestling.com and OneWrestlingVideo.com. Again, it's the numeral, not the word. So until next time, this is Bill Apter. And you know, I always say two things. Number one, I can't smile without you. That's, yeah, I know it's a Barry Manilow song, but it's become my theme song whenever I'm doing karaoke now. And the other thing is, I'll see you at the matches.